Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. Um, but man, it's so good to have you with us today. Welcome to Oceans Church. If you're brand new today, my name is Mark. Every week we, uh, we, we sing songs, not because we're all good singers. The Lord knows most of us are not, uh, but we sing because we have a really good God. And after we sing every week, we do some announcements. We are a family. We're a community. And uh, after we deal with the announcements, we share a story like that that kind of incites some hope that, man, if God can do that for that couple, for that guy, for that girl, what could he do for me? And once we do a my story like that, I usually get up here or somebody else will get up here and open up the Bible. We believe that God still speaks. We believe that God speaks in many ways. If you're married, he speaks through a spouse. Come on, you better say amen, man. You're going to get elbowed in the ribs by your wife. God will speak to you through your spouse. God could speak to you through a, through, a, through a friend, a neighbor. How many believe that God could speak in a dream, a vision? We're not weird about it, but there are dreams in the Bible that God spoke to people with. But I also believe this, that the greatest, most frequent way, consistent way that God speaks to people is through his word. Can I get a witness? And so today we're going to open up the Bible to John chapter 4. Can I be honest with you today? I'm going to try my best to be honest all service. Is that okay? I don't know why I say that. I'm always honest. I get paid to be honest. Um, But to be honest with you today is some of the hardest things to do in church is to take a passage that everybody is familiar with. Like preaching out of John 3, 16 is, is, it's, it's a bad idea. It's a good idea, but it's a bad idea because everyone tunes you out because they see it every night on sports center. Okay. So they, they, it's white noise. Um, And so when you take a passage that has been taught on frequently that has been preached on consistently. It's always difficult, but I'd ask you today, we're going to turn to John 4. We're going to look at a woman, uh, a woman at a well that actually has a God encounter that doesn't just change her life, it changes a region. And I want you to look at it today with a fresh set of eyes. Who can do that for me today? Can we just come on, can we lean in a little bit today? Uh, I know that we're coming off the heels of Easter. Many of you were here last Sunday. Maybe it was your first time ever in church. Maybe it was uh, your first time in a long time. And I really felt like this strong today is we're going to build on this idea of coming and seeing that God always invited people to come and see. John the Baptist disciple said, hey, where are you staying? Jesus said, come and see. So we're in a series that's all about experiencing God. I've I've never been one to suggest that we should wake up and get religious. I don't endorse. People say, I'm not religious. I'm like, me neither. I have a relationship with God. There is a difference between getting, getting married to the liturgical practices of wearing a sacred gown and talking to some holy priest and having a mediator that's between you and God that is not Jesus Christ. I am not a religious individual. I have a relationship with God. Can I get a good amen? There is a difference. But we are in a series right now called Come and See because, quite frankly, most people don't want God because they were burned by a human being. And most people don't want to go to church because they were burned by a church or they had a bad experience with a pastor or their mom was Methodist and their dad was Presbyterian and I don't know what church to go to and dad was Catholic and mom was LDS and I don't know if I can go to church anywhere. I'm a spiritual mutt. I don't know what I am. I went to church one time, but the pastor left with the organ player. Like, get rid of the organ then. (laughs) Kidding. Uh, I, I had a bad experience, and what's crazy to me about the church is it is the only place on the earth that if you have a bad experience, you will never return to. I know people that got beat up in the club that came back to the club. I know people that got, come on, shook up by their drug dealer but came back to a drug dealer. I know people that got sick at Taco Bell but came back to Taco Bell. 
But for some reason, when it comes to church, one bad experience is all it takes. I'm going to ask you today if you've been burned, if you're wounded, if maybe right now, even as the video said, if you're in a place that you need God to restore the dignity of the body of Jesus, open up your heart today. I'm going to read a few passages more than normal out of John chapter 4 to give context. Everything I teach on is connected to John chapter 4. If you get bored at some point today, you are a boring human being. Because I'm not a boring preacher. Can I get an amen? So we're going to get after it today. If it gets good, you can say amen. I preach faster when you talk back to me. Come on, say amen. So if you got your Bible, John 4, let's begin reading here. This very, very, very again, familiar passage, but just stay with me. I'm going to skip through it as fast as I can here. It says, then Jesus, it goes on, he, he travels through here, and it says, uh, I'll read the first verse. Uh, it says, therefore the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and had baptized more disciples than John the Baptist, though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples, namely Bruce the Baptist. That was an Ocean's Church joke. I apologize. That was not true. He left Judea and departed uh, in again to Galilee. But verse 4 is very significant. It says he needed to, he needed to stop through Samaria. Say with me, he needed. I want you to know this. Uh, geographically, going through Samaria was further. It was out of the way. I don't know if you're a man in here, but usually when we're on a road trip, we want to go as fast as we can. Can I get a witness in here? When you travel cross country, the, the, the purpose is to break last year's record. If the drive has been done before, we're shaving time off. I don't care if your bladder explodes. I don't care if you're starving. Come on, we can fast 40 days and 40 nights. We're going to break our time. So it says this, that he needed to go through Samaria out of the way. He came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sikkar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well. What well? Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, he was wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. Wells are where we go to get refreshed. It's about the sixth hour of the day. That's an unusual hour, heat of the day. A woman of Samaria came to draw water from the well. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Most scholars would say Chick-fil-A. Tough crap. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Say with me, living water. The woman said to her, sir, you have nothing to draw with. The well is deep. How in the world will you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give, it says this, uh, the water I give will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, not, nor come here to draw, draw with me. I love Jesus here. He throws a curveball. Someone say curveball. curveball. Say it like you mean it, curveball. curveball. He says, all right, go, go call your husband. And uh, when she called her husband, uh, he, she goes, uh, I, I don't have a husband. Jesus like, you're being honest right now. You don't have a husband. You have, you've had five. Must be from Orange County. Hey, come on. Southern California. Five times on number six. What's going on? And it says this, uh, well, you're, you're honest about your marital status. And, and, and she says, I perceive that you're a prophet. Now, uh, that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good assessment there. You must be pretty prophetic if you know how many times you've been married. This is what happens to everyone. You find out, you talk to a pastor on an airplane, if you're an evangelist like Bernie. 
People start talking to you normal, but the moment they find out you're a pastor, they always change their tempo. Right? It's like beep, 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 sports, entertainment, beep, 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 beep. What do you do for a living? I'm a pastor. Oh, praise the Lord. Look what the Lord has done. Happens every time I do. Just be yourself. But it always happens. You know what she does when she finds out that Jesus is a prophet? She wants to talk about religion. It's people always want to do. Oh, I perceive that you're a prophet. Let's change the subject. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. And you Jews say that Jerusalem is the place where we ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither worship on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is of the Jews. The hour is coming that it's not a synagogue, uh, a temple. It's not going to be a structure or a mountain that you worship. He says this, for the, for, but the hour is coming now that the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in The Father is seeking What's God seeking? He's seeking worshipers that'll worship in spirit and in. That's why some of you have never had an encounter with God because you've praised. Because anything that has breath can praise. But worship is selected. You can only worship when you're honest. You want to worship? You must worship in spirit and in. Why is there such an attack right now in America on truth? Because if truth can be eradicated from the foundation of culture, worship leaves with it. You have to have truth to have worship. Goes on. And it goes on in verse 27. At this point, the disciples returned. They marveled that Jesus was talking to a woman, a Samaritan woman especially. But they weren't going to ask him why. Verse 28, the woman left her water pots. When you have a real God encounter, you'll forget why you came to God. She left her water parts, her water pot there, and she went into the city. Where'd she go? And said to the men, who'd she talk to? Love that part of the story. She went to the men. She said, come see a man who told me all the things that I've ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. Verse 39, and many of the Samaritans of the city believed. How many believed? Many of them believed. Because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me all the things that I've ever did. And when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay two more days. He stayed two more days. Many more believed because of Jesus' own word. Because of what? His word. It was his word. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not only because of what you said, but we ourselves have heard him. And we know this indeed, that he is the Christ, the Savior of the world. I'm excited to be with you today. I believe uh, all the great things that God is doing in the world, in America, in California, is connected to people that know God and are known by God. Can I talk to you today about being known by God? You want to write this title down, say it, say it with me, say, need it, want it, know it. I want to talk today a little bit on those three ideas. Father, we love you. Would you bless us today with your sweet presence? Would you use a flawed human being, God, here today? in an environment that, Lord, is a little bit warmer than usual, in an, in a, in an environment right now in America, Lord, that is, is it's, it's really a turbulent time in history, would you come today with your spirit? Would you come with grace? Would you come with truth? Would you meet us where we are? This is a condemnation-free zone. I pray that you'd meet us if we're broken today. We've all been broken before. If we're hurting today, would you meet us when we're hurt? And I pray if we're healthy today that you would meet us and help us even get healthier. Lord, we love you. Lead us to Jesus today. We love you so much. We pray you'd bless the Lakers. In Jesus' name, God's people said a good old-fashioned. Next season, next season. You ever been in love before? Who's ever fallen in love? If you're married, please raise your hand. Falling in love. I oh, mean, now come on, you've fallen in love before. 
Something about love. Uh, every human being that has fallen in love has experienced a uh, similar phenomenon. I remember I was uh, 18 years old the first time I really discovered Rochelle. Uh, her main name is Wild. And I'm like, wow, Rochelle Wild, that girl is uh, fly. <laughs> first time I saw her, she was actually singing on a stage at a church, at her dad's church. I was in a room that sat about 1,000 people, sitting in the back. I was still kind of hung over from the night before, shenanigans, wasn't serving the Lord. And my dad negotiated with me, said, Mark, if you go to church with me on Sunday, you can go with your friends on Saturday night. So I was partying, living wild on the weekend, showing up to church, just totally messed up. But I remember kind of wiping the sobriety off of my face and, and realizing, man, that pastor's daughter, that she's a special girl. She was in a band with her sister and her cousin. There was three of them. It was called Unheard Melodies. They were really good, but it was kind of prophetic because it never went anywhere. Uh, unheard Melodies. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. Actually, really, they were really gifted. They opened for the Katinas. Well, another story. Uh, but I was going to say, uh, my wife, uh, I, I saw her, and I remember the first time I started to really like, get interested. I'm like, man, there's something very, very special about this, 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 this girl. And uh, little did I know that shortly after this, I would actually have my first dramatic encounter with God at a camp. Shortly after that, God would call me to move to Idaho. And when I moved to Idaho, lo and behold, I would get hired at the church, become a janitor, the pipeline to ministry. And uh, little did I know that my janitor's closet of supplies was close to Rochelle's office. So I had a convenient excuse to come on, start a conversation. Every time I had to grab another paper towel roll, I'd go by and just kind of throw the, come on, shoot the breeze. And uh, I had all my pickup lines. I tried, tried to use that on Rochelle. I'd be like, did it hurt? She's like, what? Like when you fell from heaven, did it hurt? Um, I was like, can I get your number? Because the book of numbers is in the Bible. And uh, dude, no, I had a bunch of dumb lines. But I actually did start to fall for Rochelle, and I, I, I remember when I started actually developing this love, and you've been there before, it's interesting how you start taking uh, interest, and you start needing. It's like there's something inside of you that almost doesn't pay attention to anything else. I would come into the parking lot of the church, and I would need to know, is Rochelle's car in the parking lot? I would know where her car was. I'd walk into the building. I would see a 1,000 people, kind of give a little wave to everybody else, but I am looking for Rochelle. Someone looking at me like your judgy eyes. Come on, you've been there before. Yeah, yeah, it's good to see you too. Where's Rochelle at? I needed, I just, I needed to see where she, and once I found out, oh, there she is. Okay, play, play cool, play cool, Mark, play cool. And then I would talk to her, and it's interesting that when you fall in love with someone, you don't just need to be around them. All of a sudden, it's like you want every opportunity you can. You want every opportunity you can to be with them. And the wildest part is when you really start to fall in love with someone, the greatest way that love expresses itself oftentimes is in valuing what they know and wanting to know what they know. There's something about an intimate knowledge of that other person that you begin to care about what they care about. I'll never forget the first time I lied to Rochelle. That was a tough line right there. She goes, I love the Hallmark Channel. Do you love it? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, why don't I just lie to Rochelle? I care so much to have some sort of common ground. I made it up. Come on, I repented. And then I started watching the Hallmark Channel frivolously. I'm like, I gotta kind of know, I'm gonna have something to talk about. Yeah, I did watch that show about the girl that worked at the, the tree lot. Yeah, I, I saw it. She was raising money for a charity in a small town in Denver, in the mountains of Colorado. Yeah, I watched that one too. It was snowing. Yeah, 
She got snowed in. Yeah, I saw that one. You didn't know that's the script of every Hallmark Christmas movie. Need, want, no. I was thinking about how, you know, even last Sunday I was praying for Easter and many of you that came for the first time, or maybe it's been a long time to come to church. I want to just, if I could, I want to crush maybe a stigma that many people have about Jesus is that many people think if God really knew who I was, he wouldn't want nothing to do with me. I think that one of the number one reasons what keeps people from actually getting close to God is they think that somewhere along the way in their life, they've done something that's unforgivable, unredeemable, and even people have written people off in this room and said, no, you know what, God might use somebody in Orange County, but he would never use you. You don't know what you've done, where you've been. You don't know my background. Look, I don't come from a pastor's family. I didn't grow up with 16 preachers. I didn't have this thoroughbred, you know, right side of the tracks. I grew up in a tough place, a broken place. You don't know my story. And I just wanted to share this the week after Easter, is that one of the reasons why God changes cities is because he chooses people that the city would never choose. This is a really powerful story about a a really bad candidate to bring revival to a city that no one thought could experience revival. I love it because Samaria reminds me a little bit of California today. Everybody has written off Samaria. Everyone said, man, revival might happen in Texas. It'll probably happen in Florida. But that California is going to have an earthquake. It's going to sink into the ocean. God will do something great, but it will not be in Samaria. And I believe there is a parallel between this woman at that well and you and I sitting in Orange County today. You hear me? I believe this woman at the well, there's a, there's a bunch of things that play here. Out of the gate, Jesus should not have been talking, number one, to a woman. Number two, a Samaritan. Number three, a Samaritan woman with a colorful past with more colors than a Crayola box. He's talking to a very, 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 very uh, interesting woman by himself. In that system, in that day, if they would have put this woman in the, in the system that the disciples would reach people in, that woman would have never been reached. Jesus broke uh, cultural barriers, barriers, racial barriers, and spiritual barriers to start a conversation at a well. And I want you to know that whenever God changes a region, he changes an individual. And, and all corporate collective change in cities starts with individuals at the source of a well. It was Jacob's well. She wasn't just at Jacob's well. She was talking to Jacob's well. It was a double meaning. She had no idea. Jesus was talking at a heavenly level. She was talking at an earthly level. He started the conversation with, I am thirsty. At a well, give me a drink. Jesus doesn't ask for a drink again until he's on the cross when he says, I am thirsty. There was something redemptive in that moment that was symbolic of the cross. That Jesus, when he gets thirsty, it's because he wants something to happen in the world. He's talking to a broken woman at a well. Historically, wells have always been meeting places with God. Wells are places that God actually uh, sustains regions. Many people don't realize that wells were very significant in the Bible. It's where people would go to get refreshed. 
It was a symbol of a thriving community. It was the supply and provision. It was an encounter location throughout the Bible. Hagar had an encounter at a well in Genesis 16. Jacob had an encounter at the well of Beersheba in Genesis. Divine encounters happened for Moses when he fled from Pharaoh at the well when he found his wife in Midian. Isaac's servant met his master's future wife at the well in Genesis 24. Here's what we know about wells. Whether you're rich or whether you're poor, you need the well. It affects every social economic class. Jesus says, I will introduce myself to a woman that will change a city, but I will start at the well. I believe that's why there's such a high attack right now in culture. It's always an attack on the wells. That in the days of old, when, when, when the, when the uh, Philistines tried to attack the people of God, they would start putting rocks, they would put sewage, they would put dirt, and they would try to cover the wells. If you can contaminate the well, you can screw the city up. For second, second, uh, second Kings chapter 2, it says Elisha came into a city, and they said the, water is, the, 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 the city is good, but the water is bad. And you know what he said? He says, where's the source of the well? Where does the water supply originate from? I believe that regardless of of all these things going on in the world, there is something so significant about the wells. Here's what we know about wells. Well is the place of our need. Everyone gets thirsty, and your well is where you drink. Some of you are like, Mark, I would never go to church. That's for weak people. Your well is the bar. Your well is the nightclub. Your well is pornography. Your well is, your well is money. Your well is success. Your well is fame. Here's the crazy thing. Anything that you drink from that's not God will eventually cave in on yourself. That's why I've learned that money can give you means, but means can never give you meaning. Meaning can be expressed through means, but it never gives you means or meaning. So many people, they don't realize that, man, the well, the well is our place of need. Sooner or later, everyone has to come to this well. Jesus started the conversation at the well with, I thirst. To be honest with you, I believe that cities are a byproduct of the type of well they have in their region. I believe this, that wells always are a reflection of the water. If you're taking notes, write this down because I'm going somewhere today. I believe that God wants you to, be, to know this, that he needs you, that he wants you, and that he actually knows you. But he always starts by introducing us to, our, to us where, where, where we're at, when we're at our wells. Many of you, you met God at the top. Some of you met God at the bottom. Either way, God can meet you at the top or the bottom if you invite him into your well. Well is where you get your water. Water is your source of refreshment. And it's interesting because she thought they were having a physical conversation about water she's like where's your bucket he's like i'm not talking about buckets i'm talking about something that a a new water the only clue that he gave her that it was a heavenly conversation was he called it living water we would call it in our culture today running water see in, in the ancient world they always valued running water higher than still water people would choose water coming out of a stream or a river uh, more than a, a, a bunch of water that comes out of a dry cistern, a pool, or a well. So he says, no, 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 no. I have water. It's running, flowing water. And I love the fact that she has the humility, like some of you today, to go, look, I've tried my well. I've gone through my systems of drinking from my well. I've tried the pills. I've tried to medicate myself with, with alcohol, with vices. I've tried to overwork my problems. I have done my wells as best as I can, and I'm still thirsty. 
And he said, she says to Jesus, all right, where, where's this water at? Can I have some? And she was humble enough to keep the conversation with someone that she didn't think she was worthy to talk to. And I believe some of you today, you're going to have an encounter with God in the next 20 minutes. Because you're willing to keep the conversation open in your heart right now. God, if there is a water that I have not tasted that does not run dry, I'm open to it today. If you believe it, come on, give him five seconds. Come on, give him a good hand clap today. I'm open to it. I'm open to it. I'm open to it. This was living water. This is crazy. Water throughout the Bible was so significant about refreshing. Many people don't realize that God's word had the power. The, the promise of God's word was that he would pour water on The lamb is supposed to lead them to the springs of living water, Revelations 7, uh, 17. The psalmist spoke of his soul being thirsty for the living God, Psalms 42, verse 1. Prayer is what caused the rains to fall for Elijah, and I believe it is still prayer today that causes the waters to flow into new wells in our lives. This woman, she, again, she has a colorful past. She has a broken, uh, a broken uh, lifestyle. We know that she's at the well in the heat of the day. No one goes to the well at the heat of the day. She was only going to the heat of the day because she didn't want to deal with the real housewives of Samaria. They knew this is the girl that has a past. They're, all, they're gossiping about this woman. They're saying this woman's colorful. She's got this crazy broken lifestyle. She was isolated. She was ostracized. She was marginalized. And now she's there in the middle of the day. You know why? Because she doesn't want to rub shoulders with anybody. And at the well, she meets Jesus. And at the well, they start talking about water. I believe, if you're writing notes today, you write this down. I believe this woman was a direct result of her well, of her water. And number three, whenever you meet Jesus at the well and you start talking water, it will always lead to the core of everything, which is your worship. Your worship reflects what your water is and where you're getting your water from. I love the fact that they start this spiritual conversation about worship. They're talking about water. You don't have anything to draw with. Oh, I'm going to give you water that doesn't run dry. Where are you going to get this water? He's like, go get your husband and I'll tell you. And they start this conversation and he, she's like, uh, I be, I, I'm not married. Yeah, I know you've been with five guys, the one you're with now. And here's what I want to point out. Jesus tells her everything about her broken past, but she's excited about it. You ever read this before? She goes into the city and this is her evangelistic message. Come see a man that knows all of my garbage that knows every evil thing that i've ever done he's amazing come see him could he be the christ can you imagine if that happened today it'd be on like cnn like all these news outlets like like jesus you know uh jewish rabbi ex-carpenter condemns woman with her past shames her with her previous relationships but it doesn't read like that he says everything about her past and she's full of hope Somehow he was aware and knew who she was, but even though she knew he knew everything about her, she felt so seen, so loved, and so accepted. How crazy is that? You have this well, this conversation about water, and I do believe this. Every city is a result of the well that's there, the water that's there, and the worship that's there. I was praying this week, California right now is in the condition that it's in because of our wells, because of our water, and because of our worship. 
I'll be very honest. Orange County, if we worship money, if we worship sexuality, if we worship greed, if we worship materialism, we will worship these gods. We will drink that water, and that water will lead to that lifestyle of that worship. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with stuff. I'm not against you praying for a good-looking spouse. Can I get an amen? I'm all about that. I got me a a beautiful wife. I'm a full-time trophy husband now. Come on, somebody. But here's the deal. There is more than just worshiping temporary things. And, and, and she gets in this conversation trying to go, well, maybe we don't know for sure. You say it's at, you know, at, at Mount Zion. Samaritans think it's Mount Gerzim. And we don't know, is it in Samaria? Is it Jerusalem? Where is the place that God meets with people? And Jesus made a promise then that stands true today in this tent. No longer will people encounter me in physical temples, in physical buildings, on physical mountains. Somehow the mountain of Calvary leveled the holy mountains in the ancient world. And it was no longer about being on the right mountain in the right city at the right church. Now it's about having a right relationship with the right God. Worship me in spirit and in. Many people never have God encounters because they're never honest about the truth. I, I believe this in my heart, is that many people, they want the grace of Jesus. They don't want the truth of Jesus. They want God to love you where you're at, but they don't want God's love to lead you out of where you are. And I, I want you to be honest with you. It's a two-edged sword. God's grace will beat you where you are, but his truth will lead you out of the brokenness. And somehow this woman, you know what's crazy? You can be spiritual. God knows Orange County is a spiritual place. There's psychic booths everywhere. There's mediums, tarot cards. There's parrot cards. There's... They got everything spiritual in Orange County, crystals and soothsayers and mystics. And I'm not, I'm not throwing rocks at anybody today. I'm just saying this, that wherever there's a desire for spirituality, but no one's getting liberated, it's because you have a region that has worship without the word. You know what she told Jesus? Our fathers, they worshiped on this mountain. Why have you worshiped for generations and no one's gotten set free? It's because you are worshiping something that is not God. And many times people worship what is not God. I'll be real. They worship what they don't know or they worship what they're scared of. And that's crazy. We live in a world today that worship. They don't know what they're worshiping. People losing their mind over Earth Day. People losing their mind over holidays. We, we have holidays for every day of the year now. It's tree day. It's bush day. It's vacuum day. It's, it's blue carpet day. And we're losing our minds celebrating everything because we're following culture wherever it leads us. I'm telling you that when you know where your well is, what your water is, what your worship goes to, it's crazy how it changes going, my worship is rooted in God's word. This woman was around worship. She was around spirituality, but her life didn't change until she had an encounter with the living word. Come see a man that told me. That what? Told you. Told you what? The words of eternal life. It was the word of Jesus, the testimony of Jesus, that brought liberty to a worshiper that was wandering. And I want you to know that in California today, our hope in California, our hope in America, is not political strategy. I'm praying for righteous leaders. Can I get an amen? But I'll be, I'll be very honest. God could use righteous men, righteous women, and he will. But at the end of the day, what starts all true revival is when we go back to the source of our well and we say, God, forgive us for contaminating the wells. Forgive us for putting things in these wells that were never never designed for humanity. Forgive us for abortion. Forgive us for infanticide. We're, 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 We're pushing agendas in our state. 
that are so anti-God that people are drinking from the water. Second Kings, it says that when the people drink, you know what happened? Unhealthy wells will always create barrenness. You know when there's barrenness in a land? When the dreams that God puts in his kids do not materialize. They're stillborn God dreams. You lived 70 years, you made a living, but you never made the difference God wanted you to make. Because he gave you dreams that you never lived out because you were drinking water that was poisoning your God dreams. I want to get back to pure water. Can I get an amen? I want to get back to saying, God, I don't want to desire anything that you're not interested in. I'm not interested in the streams of Babylon. I'm not interested, come on, in the, in the ideologies of this broken land that we live in. God, would you give me pure water from pure springs? God, I want to be one that worships you in spirit and in truth. And I want to love your word. And many times we know we're not really loving his word because when you really start to love his word, it always elevates a witness in you. Witness is what you do when you experience something you love. Today we know there's an absence of worship, an absence of the word, an absence of pure water, an absence of the right well. Why? Because we witness more about the newest Netflix documentary. We're more excited about a show on television. We're more excited to evangelize and make, and make disciples of all sports teams. Make, make disciples of all NFL Sunday games. We're more passionate about our sports, our media, our arts, which I'm not saying is, none of that's wrong. I have friends that are pro athletes. I got friends that are directors and producers. We need people in all those mountains of influence. But I'm telling you this church, that when we get more excited to tell our friends about something that's not eternal, then we do saying, come see a man that told me everything that I've ever done. I felt no shame. He knows what I struggle with. He knows where I come from. He knows the brokenness inside of my soul. And even though he knows everything about me, he still chooses me every time. His love somehow met me in my brokenness, but it had this way of leading me out of my brokenness. Many people in California know that something I'm drinking is poisonous. Something in the water here is dangerous. I don't know why all my friends that get rich quick, all my friends, they've been married a bunch of times. Divorce is number one in Orange County than any other county in America. I know the water is somehow contaminated here, but how do we change the water? We gotta invite Jesus to our wells. We gotta say, God, no longer do I want my water from my well. N.T. Wright talked about this idea of, of the woman at the well exchanging her dry, crusty, stagnant water in exchange for God's moving, flowing, living water. You can't drink from two wells simultaneously. And that's why many people are spiritually schizophrenic in California, because we drink out of God's well on Sunday and we drink out of every other well during the week. Let it be said of our church that, man, I hunger and I thirst. For what? For what's right. I don't care if it's not popular. Most of the time in our day and age, if you do what's right, it's not popular. Fill his presence. So crazy. This woman says, come see a man. Come see a man that told me everything I've ever done. Look at what I was. Look at what I am. This is what Christ has done for me. This is what she says. First response of the woman after Jesus encountered her was to share her discovery. You know what I know? I know that when you've tasted something really good, you have to share that discovery. First time I went to Crumble Cookies. Come on, somebody. I was sharing my discovery. 
somehow there's like ninjas in this bakery. They put together these ingredients. I never had a cookie like that before. It was like cake, cupcakes, cookies, and, 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 and cellulite all in one. Just like, it was like everything was right there. I was thinking, man, you, you witness something that's significant. You're passionate about the discovery. So cool. In our time, she goes, think about this, in one hour, she goes from a prisoner of her dark lifestyle trapped in the brokenness of social, being a social outcast, she becomes not only loved by God, known by God, used by God, she would become the first evangelist to Samaria. Before any of Jesus' disciples could tell Samaria about Jesus, she would, that he is the Messiah. Then she saw and believed, and others believed for themselves. I want, I want you to think about this for a minute. Samaria was an, an outcast place. No one believed that revival could happen in Samaria. Somehow over and over again though, this is the heart of God. What does he do in the Bible? He calls them the good what? Samaritan. There was 10 lepers healed in the book of Luke. Only one came back and guess who it was? It was a Samaritan. Over and over again, Jesus said, I'm going to pour out my spirit and you'll be my witnesses. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in it's crazy that in Acts 9, when persecution arises in the early church, Philip is forced out and he preaches in Simon the sorcerer gets radically saved in. This is wild. All of the seeds in Samaria were 10 years, 10 years sown before Acts chapter 8 when a woman at a well started a revival in her own city. I am telling you now that if God can use Samaria then, He can use California now. We don't have to be the prettiest. We don't have to have the purest past. God can use us in spite of our mistakes. How many say this with me? God, God needs me. God wants me. God knows me. These are the reasons why we don't think that God cares, but God does need you. Some of you go, all you theologians go, well, God doesn't need you. And I get it. God can use somebody else. But if you read John 4, it says in verse 4 that he needed to go through Samaria. The only explanation was is he knew that there was a city connected to this woman getting touched by him. Every city transformed by God always begins with one person transformed. You hear me today? This is wild. Her encounter with Jesus unlocked a region. I wonder how many people are represented in this tent today, online today, that if you would invite God to your well, say, God, give me your water. God, I want to worship you. I want to value your word, and I want to be your witness. If we would do that, how many Samarias would come to Jesus? He didn't stay for two hours. He stayed for two days. They would sow seeds then that would impact generations. And I wonder today, how many women are in this tent? How many people you feel like that woman? I don't have a perfect past. Good news, none of us do. I come from a broken family. I have a broken history. I was a dysfunctional human being. I was addicted to all dark things you can imagine a teenager being addicted to. I made so many mistakes that the age 18 when I had my first encounter with God, I would cry at an altar in McCall, Idaho for two hours, like ugly crying. On the ground, nasty carpet, two hours. I'm not a crier. I cried for two hours. I got up off the ground wiping snot off my face. I said, God, what the heck was that? He said, Mark, I cleaned you out of 18 years of living for yourself. God had to detox my soul, my spirit, but you'll only worship him when you get honest about the truth. 
So here's my request. Here's my, here's my ask today. Will you invite God to your well? Everyone has a well. And everyone's well will satisfy you temporarily or God's well will, will satisfy you in the, in, the, in the whole of your life. People, people's wells, some of you, it's workaholicism. Uh, work, <laughs> I just made a new word up right there. It's workaholicismism. Some of you, man, it's, 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 it's you're crazy about everything. You're, you're extreme with everything. Some of you, it's hobbies, it's money, it's pleasure, it's travel, it's your kids. You can make an idol out of anything. But today when we say, God, would you please give me your well? I want to drink your water from your well. I want to worship you. We have, a, we have a county that worships money. We have a county that worships sex. We have a county that worships, I'll be honest, we even worship our kids here. We got sports. We have competitive sports for babies. It's like, what do you, when you put your kids in club soccer, uh, six months. It's like, I'm not against sports. I'm just saying, we, we have a county that's obsessed with temporary things. We wonder why our kids, I, I read a statistic that says something like, 0.07% uh, of your kids are going to be pro athletes. So there's a small chance they're going to be pro at that sport. But there is a for sure chance they're going to be close to God or not close to God. And how you treat Sundays is going to determine what they're serious about. We want our kids to be serious about sports? Disregard the house of God. We're going to have kids that are good at sports and bad at serving God. We, come on, we, we can't let Babylon in, influence the water of our wells. We're going to worship the one true king. If you believe it, come on, shout amen. Mighty God. He knows me. He needs me. He wants me. Would you stand to your feet today? I just felt very simple altar call today. How many would say, Mark, I want to invite Jesus to my well? Come on, if you believe that, say amen. How many would say, Mark, I want to drink his water today? I don't want my water that doesn't satisfy. I want fresh water. I want God to forgive us for the, for the, for the dark waters, for the mud, for the rocks, for the pollution we put into our wells. God, today, would you purify my well once again? Forgive me, Lord. The Bible says the eyes are the gateway to the soul. God, forgive us for having dirty eyes. Forgive us for letting ears, our ears, listen to things that don't honor you. Forgive us, Lord, for making treaties and deals with Babylon that dishonor your kingdom. I pray today, Lord, that you would once again purify the wells of your church. Purify the wells of California. I pray that you would give us fresh water once again. I pray that, Lord, you would restore pure worship once again. When the well is clean and the water is clean, the worship will be pure. The devil's always after tainting the well and the water so he can, he can still the worship. I pray today, Lord, that you would guard the worship of this church. I pray that you would guard the worship of the church. It's crazy. It's not coincidental that the, the devil attacks churches oftentimes that have the greatest worship. Why? Because if he can stop the worship, spirit and truth, if the worship ceases, the land falls into, into immorality. It falls into darkness. It falls away. It falls into unbelief. God is looking to restore true worship. Come on, Orange County. So Lord, today, you just come on, pray this prayer all over the room, all over your, you're watching online today. Just say this prayer, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my well. Would you clean my water? Wash me with your word. Value your word. I want to worship you and I want to be your witness. Today, forgive me for allowing the wells of my region to be the water 
for my families. I ask you for your well, your water, your worship, your word, and to be your witness moving forward. Restore our land. Heal our land. In Jesus' name. And watch this all over. God, validate this is your word by healing, by restoring. There's even someone here that you are physically barren. God would say as you respond even in this moment, you watch how the water shift in your marriage. Water shift. Some of you, man, you've been allowing dark things into your family. I'm sorry, I'm going to be a little bold today, but some of you, even your acceptance of pornography. Some of you, it's your tolerance of some of the dark things that you watch in your house. I'm not trying to be legalistic, but I'm saying there is some stuff you can put in your well that pollutes the water. And I believe that today, what you did in the past was an ignorance. And you would say, God, if you're not into that, I'm not going to be into that. I'm not trying to get legalistic. I'm just trying to say something very simple. If Jesus isn't ordering it, I'm not either. If he's not into it, I'm not into it either. If Jesus isn't into getting drunk, if he's not into getting high, if he's not into flirting with girls that aren't his wife, if he's not into it, I'm not into it. So come on, if anybody in the tent today, come on, anybody online today would say, God, I want, I want what you want. I want to be what you are. I want to go after what you are. Come on, just lift your hands high today all over this tent saying, God, I want your well, I want your water, I want your worship, I want your word. I want to be your witness. I want to be your witness, God. Purify your wells. Purify your word. Purify your worship. Purify the water. Come on, how many believe that God can make us clean once again? God, if you can make a woman in Samaria clean, what could you do for your bride? This woman was like the New Testament Rahab. And if you could restore Rahab's fortune, God, what could you do for your bride today? We lift our hands and we pray a prayer together collectively. We say, Lord Jesus, would you wash us with your word? How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. I read it, it reads me. Wash me with your word. You feel that right now? He's washing your soul. He's scrubbing your mind. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. How does God renew your mind? He does it with his words. So God, today, if you have a Bible, come on, grab your Bible. If you have a phone with a Bible on it, come on, just grab it. I want you to put it in the air prophetically. This woman's life changed. Not just when her well changed, when her water changed, when her worship changed. It started when she had an encounter with the Word. So come on, Orange County, let's lift our words up in the air. Let's pray this prayer together today. Say, God, I value your Word. Even when culture dishonors your Word, even when it's not popular, I declare today, as for me, my house, I'm going to value the everlasting word. The grass withers, the flower fades, but your word endures forever. So I value it today in Jesus' name. Come on, if you can, grab your wife's hand. If you're here, come on, grab your neighbor's hand today all over this place. We commit God as a people that, Lord, there would be pure wells with pure water, wells that are dug in prayer, water that is purified in worship, God, worship that is straight from the heart of God to the heart of God. I pray that we would be those that would value your word, that we would live without compromise. 
And I pray in an hour, Lord, where many, many of those are being sucked into the currents of Babylon, that Lord, we'd be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that would stand. I pray today that, Father, you would, you would reinvigorate your church. God, I pray for fresh water. Wash us. Wash us. Would you pray for your neighbor today? Just say, Lord, wash them. All the dirt, all the muck, all the mire, wash them. Make them clean. In Jesus' name. And last thing we do today, come on, just you let go of their hand for a minute. Two things we do. Confirm, God, this is your word by healing, by restoring, and by delivering. There's someone in here, you're at high levels of leadership in your business, organization, might even be a ministry, somewhere along the way. I don't know if it was you or your spouse, might have been your spouse, got involved with, with pain medications. Started off very innocent, but got out of control. And God today is healing your heart. He's healing you right now from that addiction to take those meds. There's someone in here, you've been cutting yourself to like this. You don't even know why you do it. But God today, is He's healing you. He's healing your mind. He's healing your physical body. And He's evicting that darkness that comes over you that you makes you want to do that. There's someone in here, again, high level of leadership, you're addicted to pornography. God today is exposing that lie. You're not going to live in that darkness any longer. I know that, come on, many, many pastors are, are scared to talk about it because there's no freedom in their own lives. And I believe that God has, God has called this church to be an epicenter where people can not only know God, but they get free from darkness. We're not going to, come on, we're not going to harbor the lies of the enemy. We're not going to tolerate things that Jesus died to set us free from. Whom the sun sets free is what? Free indeed. So I pray today all over this room, physical healing, and I pray for deliverance in the mind. I feel it today. Come on, if you want God to, if you're asking God to physically heal or to deliver you from some sort of addiction, it doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you an honest person. This is an honest church all over the tents today. I wish you would raise your hands. If you say, God, that's me today. Would you heal me? I need a physical healing. I'm barren. I have cancer. I have this disorder in my blood. There's some sort of degenerate disease in my bones. God, if you could, if you would, would you heal? Would you heal today? Would you raise your hands? Or if you say, Mark, I have an addiction, would you pray that God would deliver me? Hands up. We're almost out of here. I promise. All over. Two things we do. We're done. Hands up all over. You see someone's hands up next to you. We're a church that prays for one another. I would love it if you just go ahead and put your hand on their shoulder. Don't be weird. Just put your hand on their shoulder. Maybe guys with guys and girls with girls. And just put your hand on their shoulder today. And would you, in faith, come on, in faith, just declare this. Say, in Jesus' name, we declare that from the top of their head to the bottoms of their feet, from their mind to their heart to the soul and their physical body, hear the word of the Lord. Jesus died to heal and to restore. So physical, mental, emotional healing, we release it by the Spirit of the living God. Holy Spirit, wash them clean them, restore them, heal them for your glory. In Jesus' name we ask. Jesus' name we pray. Come on, if you receive it, come on, give him 10 seconds of praise. Come on, give him 10 seconds of praise. You believe he's doing it right now, right now, right now, right now. Yeah, last thing we do, he's doing it, he's doing it. Some of you feel it. Every week people jump on, we're on Slack. If you go through growth tracks, we have an internal communications. People every week get healed. Every week gets set free. 
It's not weird to go to a church that miracles happen. It's weird to go to a church that they don't. Jesus said, greater things will you do because I go to the Father. Last, last miracle we see every Sunday here. You know you're not living for God. You know you're not living with God. To be honest, some of you gave up on God. Don't ever let a storm convince you that God isn't real. Job went through storms. He was blessed. And I believe that blessing doesn't deal with the beginning of something. It deals with the end of something. When you're blessed, you go through storms and you come out the other side. And you can say like Job, I heard about you with my ears, but now I know I've seen you with my own eyes. Today, some of you walked away and you're going to come home today. You say, Mark, if God knows me, God wants me, God needs me. If there is a Samaria that I'm responsible to actually change the well, to change the water, to bring new worship, to carry God's word and to be God's witness, if that's what God's looking for, sign me up, preacher. I'm not, I'm not inviting perfect people. I'm inviting hungry people. He says, I thirst. Is there anybody here today that would satisfy Jesus' thirst? What's he thirsty for? Worshippers. What's he thirsty for? Witnesses. So if you're here today and you would invite God into your well, into your, into your water, into your worship, you say, Mark, I want to live for God and with him. Maybe you walked away, today you come home. Or maybe you've never known him, but today you know, I need to get my life back on track. There's a bunch of honest people in this service. I can feel it online. I believe there's at least 12 of you today. There's many of you today. Your heart's starting to speed up. I'm not going to embarrass you right now. I was going to ask everybody to close their eyes. Sorry, that was a secret way of saying everybody close their eyes. Thank you. Eyes closed, holy moment. Mark, that's me you're talking about. I need to invite Jesus to my well. I want his well moving forward. I want to rededicate my life. For the first time, invite God into my life. If that's you, first time or rededicate, I'll give you three seconds to raise your hand. There's at least 12 of you today. Hands are going up already. I love it. I'll give you three seconds. Two, one, two. Right now, real high. Keep it up for me. Three. No one's looking. No one's looking. Real high. I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Real high. Nine, ten, eleven. 12. See in the back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. No one God speaks to me. Put your hands in your hearts. 12. You know how good God is, though? Someone says, well, you said 12, but I didn't respond, and I know I'm supposed to, because there's 15 in here. There's three more, and you didn't raise your hand. You thought that you got away with, come on, like, ah, maybe God doesn't care about me. God wants you. He knows you. Guess what? He needs you. There's one more. There's two more, though. You didn't raise your hand the first time, but you were supposed to. Can you close your eyes all over? Just give a holy moment. There's two more. There's two more. Raise it up real high for me. No one's looking. There's, there's another one. There's one more, though. There's one. There's 15 today. There's 15 today. There's one more. I see two right there. There's three. Awesome. 15. Okay. Cool. Got it. I want all of Ocean's Church to pray for those 15 people. Say it like this. Say, Jesus, I invite you today into my life. Would you forgive me? Would you heal me? And would you lead me? I want your word. I want, you, I want to worship you. I want your water, your well. I want to be your witness in Jesus' name. Eyes closed. There's a guy with a blue hat on, a uh, red polo. I'm not going to embarrass you. But God is speaking to you right now in your heart. Something's shifting in you today. It's almost like God is redeeming like a 17-year window of your life. You watch how the next 17 years, 
It's like God will not only restore what you lost, but you're to be like Job and go, God gave me double what I lost in that last 17 years, in the next 17 years. There's a restoration with a son, son, a physical son, spiritual son. And there's even like some sort of redemptive thing that's going to happen with a business that failed. God is going to bless you. He's going to restore the fortune that God, God gave you before. And you watch. Eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard. He hasn't even popped into your heart yet, sir. The great things that God has in store for your future. There was a lady that raised her hand near you in the back here in the middle section. And uh, I think you have a black shirt on. Chris, would you put your hand on the lady in front of you? I think, did you raise your who raised your hand in that area over there? Someone raised your hand in that area. Raised your hand up. There's a lady over there. Yeah, yeah, you raised your hand. Yeah, behind you, Chris. Sorry, Chris, behind you. Just put your hand on her shoulder. I don't know who you are, man, but I expect the Lord wanted to tell you today that He is healing you. That is legit. It's going to happen really quickly. And you watch how your doctors, over the next seven days, 14 days, 21 days, they're going to continue to document that whatever was going on physically in your body is actually going out. It's like God is detoxing your physical body right now. Yeah. So, so cool. So cool. It's like, uh, I don't know if it's like fibromyalgia or some sort of like autoimmune type of thing that God is healing right now. God says, I know who you are. I know where you are. I know where you come from. And you're going to be a living, walking trophy of my grace. I pray that you would heal today from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Someone watching online today, you don't believe that you deserve to be healed. I want you to know that none of us do the good news put your hand on your heart all over here today you need healing in your body i know when god starts flowing we invited him to heal but i pray right now there's someone in here you have a tumor in your in your head and i see it shriveling right now in the name of jesus christ of nazareth tumor is dissolving right now dissolving right now dissolving right now someone has like cyst on your ovaries and they're dissolving right now you will have kids yeah you will have physical and spiritual and maybe even adopted children yeah we just declare this is a holy sunday jesus name jesus name thanks for listening to our podcast have a great week